It's the Jeff Johnson Show, brought to you by OTE at ofthisearthglobal.com. Ofthisearthglobal.com. Clothing. Connection. OTE. Greetings, or as we say it right here in the South, hey, y'all. Hey, you know what time it is. It's time for another edition of The Jeff Johnson Show, a real, genuine, authentic podcast where I get to reconnect with the people and places and events of my hometown area, Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, everybody, let's get this week's show started off. Friends, this is going to be a show that touches each and every one of us. Coming up November 3rd, 2020, is one of the most important votes that we could ever have. We're going to be voting for President of the United States. Regardless of which side of the political spectrum you're on, this is important. This is where you get to use your voice. Your vote is your voice. And if you don't use it, I got a problem with it. How can you complain? How can you moan about things that you don't like if you don't have a say? Your vote is your say. So leading up until the vote, this show is going to be dedicated to talking about it, to getting you to think about what you're going to do to plan your plan to go vote. So many things have been said about mail-in voting and all those kind of things, and going to the vote in person or to the polls in person, you have to make that choice. So what I want to talk about right now, just a little bit, are are five things that I feel are very important when it comes to the vote. And these are just basically five reasons why you should vote. Let's look at number one. Elections have consequences. You have the power to decide on the quality of life you want for yourself and for your future generations. Voting is your chance to stand up for the issues that you care about, you know, like public transportation, raising the minimum wage, funding of schools, and so on. This is your life. Take the time to help decide what's best. Number two, not voting is giving up your voice. Yeah, I've already talked about that a little bit, but again, Elections are decided by the people who go out and vote. They have to make an effort to go and do that. So please, folks, take some time and learn about the measures and the candidates. If you don't vote, somebody else is going to make the decision for you. Do you want that? Your power is in the vote. Number three, and this is one that touches each and every one of us. It's your money. Yeah, that's right. Starting to hit you in the pocketbook, right? Look, you pay taxes. But do you know how that money is being used? You know, most people don't. Voting is your chance to choose how your tax dollars are spent for stuff like health care, roads, social services, and more. It's your money. Number four, voting is an opportunity for change. You want to make a positive impact? Voting gives you that chance. Support the candidates and ballot measures that can help your community, state, and even the nation for the greater good. 
make your voice heard in these elections. Last but not least, the community depends on you. Our communities are made up of friends, loved ones, neighbors, and children. Some may not know how important voting is, while others really don't have the privilege. Make the decision to vote for yourself and for those around you. The community, this nation, this world, believe it or not, depends on you. We're going to be back in just a second with a really neat story that I think you're going to like about a couple politicians in the Charlotte area that had an unsuspecting meeting. I think you're going to like it. We'll be right back with more of The Jeff Johnson Show. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jeff Johnson Show. We're talking about voting. We're talking about politicians. And my good friends at the Charlotte Observer did a story uh, a while back. Actually, it was by a gentleman named Peter St. Ange. And I hope I'm saying that name right. But it was really neat. And I decided that I really wanted to read it to you while we go on here because it really is going to set something up for you that is a surprise. Because with the state of affairs in our politics right now, this is a nice story. About seven months ago, Becky Carney and her family walked into a campaign event at Divine Barrel Brewing, north of Uptown Charlotte. Carney, who's a friend of mine, the longtime Democratic representative running in House District 102, was holding a meet and greet on a Saturday night. She didn't know that her opponent, Republican Kyle Kirby, was hosting a birthday party for his wife, Addie, in the side room of the same brewery. Well, it didn't take long for the incumbent and the challenger to see each other across the room. Two candidates, one brewery, one potentially awkward moment. Or not. This is a story about what politics used to be, before yard signs jeopardized friendships, before Facebook posts cost you customers, before the R&D after your name told voters everything they needed to know about you. Yes, politics has long built more walls than open doors between us. But from the top down, this election has felt more flammable. There's more at stake. There are more who are willing to say so loudly. Have we ever felt more fidgety with the people around us? So it might have been easy on that February night for two North Carolina candidates to ignore each other's presence at the Divine Barrel in Charlotte. But instead, Kyle and Eddie Kirby walked up to Becky Carney 
and invited her and her family to join them for a few moments in the other room. Hmm. It might have been easy for Carney to politely say, thank you, but some friends are expecting me. But instead, she said, sure, and took her husband, daughter, and two granddaughters into the Kirby's party. It might have been, well, a little weird for everyone then. But instead, Kirby asked Carney if she wanted to say a few words to the birthday gathering. And Carney happily did just that. I'm a friendly person, she says. And that's the truth. And Kirby told his Democratic friends in the room that if they lived in District 102, Carney would be a fine person to vote for. And also, the granddaughters got cupcakes. <laughs> Kyle is a really nice guy, Carney says now. Says Kirby, it wasn't anything other than friends enjoying each other's company. True. But it also was a lot more than that. Carney has told the Divine Barrel story a few times during the campaign. She thinks it shows something that people don't know about Republican and Democratic politicians in North Carolina. Some of them like each other and are friends. That still happens more than people know, she says. But it also happens less than it used to, especially in recent years. Not just in the General Assembly, but everywhere. And the sneering disdain we see politicians direct towards each other is more commonplace in the rest of our lives. But... On a Saturday night in February, a moderate Republican North Carolina House candidate and Donald Trump supporter spent a few good minutes with a liberal North Carolina House candidate who supports Joe Biden. No, that doesn't mean you have to hug the next conservative or liberal who crosses your path or that you should ignore when someone in the party you don't belong to advocates for values you don't share. But it is a reminder in these coming weeks and months that our political battles don't have to be fought on all fronts and that no matter how much is at stake in this election, if we let it overtake the basic decencies we show each other, we're in bigger trouble than we think. We're going to be right back in just a minute with, the, with a little bit more. <laughs> we're going to be back in just a minute. Wrap this show up with a neat little extended rant, I think, by a very popular politician, but I think is very poignant right now. You're listening to The Jeff Johnson Show. We'll be right back. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. Hey everybody and welcome back to the show. Got a little uh, article here and a soundbite that I want to play for you. 
You know, with the recent passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it not only marked the end of an illustrious life of service to law and country, but the beginning of an unprecedented judicial nomination process. While Ginsburg's spot on the Supreme Court sits open, politicians and regular Americans alike argue over whether or not it should be filled immediately, basing their arguments on past practices and partisan points. Well, in a recent Senate Judiciary Committee meeting, Senator Ted Cruz attempted to paint the Democrats' objection to pushing through a SCOTUS nominee as political theater. But Senator Amy Klobuchar, she wasn't having any of it. In a nine and a half minute speech, Klobuchar laid out exactly why the SCOTUS nomination goes beyond political theater. And she did so with an authentic eloquence that earned her viral status. I want to play that for you now and leave it with you so you can think about it. Check it out. Politics, unfortunately, is often theater. I don't see this as theater as you described, Senator Cruz. I see this as the real world. I sit in a position on this committee where I often follow Senator Cruz, and I often have to throw out my entire plan for what I was going to say because of what he said. But I have never had an experience quite like this one. I could choose to start by taking on his interpretation of history because of the fact that the only other time that we have had a justice die this close to an election was when Abraham Lincoln, a wise, wise leader, was president. What did he do? He waited until after the election. What is unique in your words, Senator Cruz, about this situation? People are voting right now. Democracy is happening right now. And we in this room are supposed to be stewards of this democracy. And to have the chairman of this committee lead this discussion on this solemn day when tomorrow the first woman in the history of the nation will lie in state and raise the fact that yes, this may end up in court, and then to hear you, Senator Cruz, talk about how this, this, because of some war game that you're talking about, that I've never even heard about, that this can end up in court. Well, guess what? I will not concede that this is going to end up in court. You know why? Because the people are voting in droves right now. They are voting all over this country because President Trump is behind in states, in red states, that no one even thought he could be behind in. Why? Because the people of this country are fighting back because they know what's on the line. I am not going to give up on this democracy despite these false lies about the Democratic candidate for president. It is President Trump who chose to clear out peaceful protesters and wave a Bible in front of a church. It is President Trump who, after Charlottesville, said there are two sides. Well, there's not two sides when one side is the Ku Klux Klan. It is President Trump who's put out there that military and soldiers should be at the voting places in a pure attempt to suppress the vote. 
So don't go telling the people of this committee who know better, who is the divisive person, who is the one that has been inciting violence in this election. And even if they don't believe us in this room, the American people have seen through it. That's why just today you saw nearly 500 military leaders join together, former military leaders and civilian national security leaders, Republicans, Democrats, and independents, to say that they did not support these, this president because they were afraid of what was happening to our country and our democracy. So this hearing that we are about to have is about that very democracy. And so I don't think people really care about the fights we've had about this before. I think we missed a really important ingredient in, the, in what I've been hearing my colleagues say from across the aisle, and that is people are voting right now. They are voting on health care right now. The fact that we have a court case out of Texas that is coming up for oral argument on November Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Ivan Hall. In which, Ivan, yes, how you doing, man? pre-existing hey, conditions girl. are on the line because girl. the argument was made that the whole Affordable Care Act should be thrown out. You cannot just fix that when you haven't been able to even take up the HEROES Act to do something about the pandemic. Yet, in fact, we see that we've got time to ram through a Supreme Court hearing in two weeks instead of spending those two weeks to actually take up the HEROES Act and help the people of this country. What else is on the line? Well, civil rights is on the line. When you look at the decisions and all the money that has flowed into our politics from the outside as a result of this current court's decision that is dominated by nominees put forward by Republican presidents. Women's rights, oh yeah, they are on the line. And as those fires were blazing on the west coast of our country, even the right to regulate our environment and do something to protect our air and water, that is on the line. So this hearing will not be divorced from what is happening right now because this president has put it right in the middle of a political campaign. That's his choice, not our choice. So I don't see this as theater as you described, Senator Cruz. I see this as the real world. I see this deeply personally because I know that we have a president in place that knew that this virus was deadly. He knew that it was airborne and yet my family, we were just trying to clean off the surfaces all the time and wash our hands and then my president, my husband ends up in the hospital with COVID on oxygen because this president didn't share with us the information he had at the time. All of that is gonna be on the line. So we will look at this nominee and we will look carefully at this nominee. That is our job, but we cannot get away from the fact that the process that puts her before us will be one that is not respecting the democracy that we are supposed to cherish. I have listened to this for too long, and I think the American people see through this raw use of political power. That is why they're voting in droves. So if you think you can get away from this just by trying to get this nominee through and no one's gonna notice what she stands for or what her views are and how that's gonna play into decisions that are made that affect people's lives, they already know. They're voting now. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Wow. What a great piece of oratory by Senator Amy Klobuchar.
Folks, you've been listening to The Jeff Johnson Show, and I truly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out my website at getjjnow.com. Tell your friends about it. Come back and talk a little bit more with me or listen a little bit more with me because we're not talking, really. I'm doing all the talking. But, hey, join me. And I really appreciate each and every one of you listening. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you again soon. It's The Jeff Johnson Show, brought to you by OTE at ofthisearthglobal.com. Ofthisearthglobal.com. Clothing. Connection. OTE.